Hey everybody, it's me, John Raphael. Welcome to OK, Let's Go, five topics, 30 minutes. I wanted to give a shout out to the show Jury Duty on Freebie since I had some trouble falling asleep last night and that show provided me with some much needed laughs. So I'm recommending that one to all of you. Today, I am joined by a podcast newbie who swore to me, I'm boring. I'm not going to be any good. Are you sure you want me? And the answer is yes, I absolutely want you. Tara Koenig, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. And again, I, I am boring, so I don't know why you even asked me. I think almost 20 years of friendship would disagree with the fact that you're boring. So let me give some background to, to listeners. Tara and I met freshman year at Emerson College when we were both studying broadcast journalism. Um, we have many highlights in our friendship, but I would say two that I kind of want to point out is we had the opportunity to cover Barack Obama's first inauguration in 2009 together, and we both nearly died. <laughs> yeah, you had a bum knee. I'm not exactly sure how you got that bum knee, but then we were just, you were dragging your legs oh my at the God. mall. <laughs> yes, and you almost died of hypothermia. So <laughs> I, It was cold. I did have to have one of our... our uh, colleagues give me a warm hug <laughs> <laughs> it was way more intense than we're making it sound actually what happened with me was we had to be there at like some ungodly hour I think it was like 5 a.m and it was just you and me we had all our equipment with us and then when the gates opened to kind of let people into where they were supposed to be the crowd just kind of swarmed and <laughs> I got trampled and crushed on and someone <laughs> stepped on my leg <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember that, but <laughs> I just remember you dragging. Dragging, because the rest of the day, because my leg was in so much pain, and every like road had like a, some sort of street closure on it, or we couldn't find our way back to where <laughs> we were staying. Yeah, um, we were absolutely stuck. And then, we, yeah, and then we went to the museum, and then we stood on the stage, and everyone thought we were part of the exhibit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes, I forgot about that. I think we snuck into the Smithsonian. By snuck, I mean it was open. It was just nowhere. No one knew where to go, so we just needed to sit because I could not walk anymore. And uh, yeah, people were confusing us for exhibits, and you know we are very uh, statuesque, I will say. <laughs> and then somehow you got hypothermia and uh, had to go home early. <laughs> it, it was freezing. I'm not gonna lie. I I wasn't fully prepared for that day. Yeah, I don't think any of us were, but um, it was a great, great experience to be a part of and uh, something that not a lot of people get to do. So I'm kind of I'm kind of thrilled that we had the chance to experience all that in retrospect. The other story that I wanted to um, relay, which I'm sure you're going to disagree with, but this is how I remember it in my head. Oh, no, <laughs> no, this was all right. So senior year, when I knew that I was like, I have to be like good, good friends with this girl is we had been like friendly already at that point. But there was one day like we were just in the halls at school and you were just walking down and you're like, hey, do you want to go to Paris with me? And that person would say no. And then you'd be like, walk to the next person. Hey, do you want to go to Paris with me? No. And then you asked me, hey, do you want to go to Paris? And I was like, no. And then finally, I think you asked like five people. Finally, <laughs> someone said yes. And you and her went to Paris together. And I just was like, look at the balls on this chick that's just walking down with people she barely knows and is just saying, want to go to Paris with me? And you did it. Yeah, that was the one of the few spontaneous trips that I decided to take. And I don't know, I just decided like if someone said yes, I was going to go. So Luckily for Shannon, she was the one who finally said yes to me. I was like, yeah, we'll go. And we went to Paris. Yeah. And you didn't really know her that well, but you I made didn't. it happen. Yeah, you made it happen. 
Um, so the before we get into topics, I just wanted to kind of let people know um, you've had an interesting career trajectory. You worked at NBC. What are you doing these days? Um, so I work at MLS, Major League Soccer, for those who are not familiar with MLS. Um, and I work in the sponsorship advertising um, unit. And so I handle all of our commercial inventory for both the league and the clubs. Well, sports is not something I ever cover on this podcast. <laughs> so thank you for butching it up for me today. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Um, anyway, if you're interested in co-hosting with me, you can find me on Instagram at JohnRaphael12, and you can just let me know. I would love to have you. Okay, let's go. So this is a little bit of a Hollywood story, but the Writers Guild of America, which represents 11,500 screenwriters, went on strike last Tuesday after contract negotiations with studios, streaming services, and networks failed. The main focus point in the labor dispute is the residuals from streaming, the WGA claims that shares of such residuals has cut much of writers' average incomes compared to a decade ago. The WGA has vowed to stay on strike for as long as it takes. The most recent writer's strike, which began in 2007 and ended in 2008, lasted about 100 days. Kara, do you think the general public and people outside the entertainment industry are aware of this strike and what it means? So to be honest, um, I only know about it because there was a protest outside my office I believe it was like one of the upfronts, the news front, new fronts for, I think, Peacock. And there was like a huge protest there. And I wouldn't have known. Um, I had no idea what that was about. But uh, that's my kind of my first introductory introductory to the writer's strike. Um, do I think other people know? I honestly don't know. I feel like, you know, everyone's just so consumed in their lives that I don't think they really care right now until it really affects them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is a very Hollywood story. It's very inside baseball. I don't think the general public kind of knows what it means or how it impacts them, obviously, because I work in Los Angeles. Like, I see the effects of it. I see all my friends protesting on Instagram stories. And, you know, some of those signs are actually really funny. I, I do encourage people to, like, go look at some of the signs that people are protesting with because they're hilarious. But um, does the general public know? Probably not right now, but eventually they're going to start seeing how it affects them um, because whether people like it or not, entertainment is a big part of people's lives. Everyone likes to go home and unwind with, you know, their favorite TV show or even daytime, nighttime talk show, whatever. And all these shows are going to get impacted. Late night shows are already dark. Stranger Things, Game of Thrones are already being delayed because the writer's rooms are shut down. Um and what this means, too, is with no writers, you're going to see an uptick in reality. So when <laughs> next summer, when there's like different 50 variations of The Bachelors or The Real Housewives, which, by the way, I would have no problems with. Um, that's when I think the general public would be like, where's all the scripted stuff? Where's all the the dramas that we like? Um, so I think eventually people will. Yeah, come. I think that's the thing. I think, you know, last time when this happened, we had a lot of scripted shows. I mean, I definitely remember it during when we were watching Grey's Anatomy and um lost but now you know with having unscripted shows i mean i'm i'm a bravo fiend so i love my unscripted shows i love my real housewives and my vanderpump rules so give me all the reality shows i don't care but um so it's kind of a different climate yeah it's absolutely a different climate you make a great point i think we are very much you know normalized with reality tv so i think that you and i will be fine but those people that really love those cbs shows i mean 
It's still on CBS. I honestly don't know. I don't know, but it's still the most watched network, apparently. <laughs> I think, you know, the other thing, too, is there to counterpoint the strike, there is a lot of content right now. So maybe this will give consumers kind of a second to kind of regroup and watch shows that they haven't been able to watch. And um, just like the pandemic slowed everything down, this will slow things down a little bit. But if we can make it through the pandemic, I think we can make it through the writer strike. So the last one lasted 100 days. How long do you think this one will last? Oof, betting lines here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would probably say through September. Wow, so you're expecting a whole summer of protesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think three months again, will probably be the the norm. I, I know that the studios have been kind of planning for this um, and they can probably sustain for three months before like having to go back to the table and negotiating again. But three months is uh, is what I'm predicting right now. I don't know. I feel like, you know, kind of just given like everywhere that I feel like the studio is not going to give in. They don't really need to, do they? I feel like, you know, like a lot of it is yeah, I mean, even like, you know, in the media industry, there's so many layoffs and like we they're just trying to consolidate all of the workforce. So I feel like, you know, they will only do it if they really have to. But I mean, the entertainment industry is kind of not going to move forward without writers. No movies are going to get made for a while and then no scripted shows. I think eventually someone's going to have to cave because people are going to need to work and studios are going to need to make content and the vicious cycle will continue again. And that's when we have crap TV. For sure. For sure. So last time, like you said, like there was, it was a different TV landscape. I remember like Big Brother did like a winter season, which was terrible. (laughs) Um, It was also different just because the networks had so much power and shows just were filmed differently. Um, It had a huge effect on shows like Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy, Lost, Heroes. Um, This time I'm not super worried about any shows except for maybe Grey's Anatomy, which I still, for some reason, still watch. Oh, wow. Good for you. I've I stopped a long time ago. I didn't I even know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I don't think she's even there. Isn't like Grey's not even in not, Grey's she, Anatomy. Grey is not in Grey's Anatomy. I mean, she she's there in the fact that she still does the voiceovers, but she actually did leave the show temporarily, she's saying, to go do another project. But, you know, it's going to be in season 20 next next year. The, the writer strike might affect it. I really want to see Grey's get to that, that season 20 mark. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're going to have multiple iterations of Love is Blind, was it um and then probably another real housewives franchise so i don't know i feel like reality is just taken over well i'll take all the real housewives as i mentioned i've been watching that those shows since since i was at emerson and i've grown up with these women so (laughs) bring any city to the real housewives franchise and i'm there um so speaking of writers we're going to move on to miss britney spears the princess of pop a new book by britney spears is making a lot of people nervous Page Six is reporting that Britney's, quote, brutally honest memoir has been put on hold over concerns from some A-listers who know her. There is no set release date for the book, and this was the first project Britney agreed to do after being released from her 13-year conservatorship. So who do you think is nervous about Britney Spears releasing a tell-all? Justin Timberlake, for sure. But still, really, still. Yes, he has an image to uphold. I mean, I know. I mean, he kind of sort of got, what, canceled, sort of tried to get canceled. But um, yeah, I think it's Justin. Who else would it be? I, I mean, Justin, if he still is that pressed about something that happened with Britney when they were teenagers, I think he needs to kind of let it go. He did get canceled for 
a little bit of the Janet Jackson and Britney Spears debacle, but I think Justin just needs a hit record and he'll be back. People will forget um, this. He really needs to not be concerned about this other than, you know, teenage. Women. I don't know. Maybe I think it's more of that. The narrative is going to change that the actual truth of how the whole relationship ended. Um, I think he's worried because, you know, this poor girl didn't really own the narrative of the breakup and sure. he kind of spearheaded it all. So, I mean, I, I don't know who else would it be. No, I, I agree with you in the fact that he, she she did get to control the narrative, especially with songs like Crimea River and, and all that stuff. But again, Justin, get over it. I think the other person that could probably be a little bit nervous would be Christina Aguilera. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. Think so. Those, no, those two had a rivalry that was like, you know, when they were like the Mouseketeers. Well, I would say Justin They're and Britney were so also different. teenagers, though. It's like, they were so different. No. Honestly, if anyone has to be concerned about this book, it would be Britney Spears's direct family, whether it's her well, mother, course, father, yeah. sister, her brother. Um, her managers, her agents, they should all be pretty scared of what Britney's going to say. But I do think the A-listers should be fine. I mean, again, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I mean, I want this girl to take back her life. Like, I feel so bad for her. She needs a win. She absolutely needs a win. And I can see why people get nervous about what she's going to say, because she has, you know, since her conservatorship ended, she has been a little bit loose on Instagram. She's both like very outspoken about what's happened to her, but also kind of cryptic. Um, and conspiracy theories are wild about is Britney really posting what she's saying now and is she doing all these dancing videos or is it someone else and um, <laughs> I just want her to be fine like she had a huge impact on who I am and was popular during my kind of formative years and I want the best we were playing we were playing that in repeat in Salem <laughs> that's <laughs> right oh my god yes another thing that we did together was we took a road trip quote-unquote road trip um to salem <laughs> senior year of college to do a news package where we just stood in the town square and just basically <laughs> covered all four corners because we were too lazy to kind of go around town to get the real folk but on the drive there you're right we listened to the blackout album and britney's toy like soldier. toy soldier <laughs> 700 times i would say <laughs> but yeah i mean i i still love britney i really hope that you know she gets to do whatever she wants to do i mean it's been a while that she gets a, got to control her own life and yeah i just want her to be just triumphant on all of this well we've kind of broken her as a country um stuff yeah. that happened to her in the 2000s would not fly today she has said that she has no interest in performing again recording new music which is sad although she did say that and then she did the song with elton john so hopefully she can tiptoe back in because her fans kind of love her um kind of love her we absolutely love her she's Still love her yeah, yeah she's everything to me she's the um, pop queen what do you think are going to be the biggest bombshells when she eventually does release this book i i still think it's going to be the truth about the whole breakup between justin and Brittany. um and then yeah be just kind of more of just what exactly happened during her conservatorship yeah i think if she works with a ghostwriter which I can't imagine she wouldn't work with a ghostwriter. <laughs> um, it will be good to have a kind of someone put her thoughts into kind of a collective um, organized format so people can really see what she went through in those 13 years and how dark it was. I think um, the stuff that she said during her hearing about, you know, not being allowed to have children and how her team forced her to put in uh, an IUD, like all that stuff, I think needs to be talked about so it doesn't happen again. Um, and we love Brittany. 
Um, other mm -hmm. than Brittany, which person would you like to read a full tell-all memoir from? Oh. Um. <laughs> don't say sports people because I don't know sports people. You know what? Suge Knight. Suge Knight. Yeah, I want to know what happened to Tupac. That is not at all what I expected to hear from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> is he alive or did he die? He's in prison. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's probably where he should be. Although, and now I'm scared to even talk about Suge Knight. So. <laughs> he's. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> Can you imagine if this is like the one podcast that Suge Knight is listening to, and he's like, "I need my pop culture fix." <laughs> one day they'll talk about me, and then here you are. <laughs> um, I would love to read kind of Meryl Streep's biography or um, Nicole Kidman, I think would be very interesting. Just Ooh, I want to know about her Scientology. Exactly. Days. And why her kids don't talk to her and the whole Tom Cruise of it all. Like, let's get Nicole Kidman in there. Um, speaking of which, I, I was walking into the grocery store Saturday and I Keith Urban was walking out. So um, I should have asked him for hair tips. <laughs> Wait, they live in Los Angeles? I thought they would live in like Nashville. Listen, when you're rich, you can live anywhere you want, whenever True. you want. So True. speaking of rich, let's talk about Taylor Swift. Although it's been less than a month after news broke that Taylor Swift had ended her six-year relationship with actor Jill Alwyn, her fans are sparking rumors about a potential new romance. She's allegedly dating Maddie Healy, who's the frontman of the band in 1975. Healy was spotted at Taylor's Eras Tour this weekend in Nashville and even performed on stage with opening act Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers. Let me say that again. <laughs> what do you think about this new romance? I really don't care. I mean, it just comes and goes. I'm just actually sh shocked that she didn't write a song about her last relationship before going into this other relationship. Well, it's been four minutes, you know, give her, give her time. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm proud of Taylor for for having a six year relationship that seems to have ended amicably. Um, but I think Taylor is kind of a master manipulator in the sense that she loves to keep her fans guessing and talking, and she's kind of the master at this. So on the flip side, I think this is definitely better for him than for her. I had no idea who he was. I don't know this. Band. I still don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's definitely a glow up for him to kind of to kind of date her if he's dating her who knows they've been spotted hanging out how long do you think people should wait after a breakup to start dating again Oof. i i'm not a, i'm not a relationship person so i wouldn't know. first of all you're married so i don't know what that means you're not a relationship person <laughs> no before that before i was married i wasn't really in a relationship never really had the proper well, boyfriend then let's define date then because i think for me my last relationship after five years, I, you know, was heartbroken after, but I immediately started dating and maybe not dating isn't the right word. I immediately started hooking up. <laughs> Eventually, maybe a year later is when I was like really ready to date date. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really depends. It depends on the level of how much you really you're into that person. Um, I don't know, maybe a few, maybe like a month. Like, I don't know. I really wouldn't mourn that much for, over a relationship. So. You are such a, again, <laughs> listener, she is married. So. <laughs> so, yeah, if you know, if I, anything does happen, it'll be a hot minute. <laughs> well, they always they always say, like, you should wait for as half as long as your relationship was. For example, if you dated someone for a year, I think you're, you're probably ready to start dating again in six months. Who knows? It's I know, so, there is no so different line. these days, especially when it's so easy to kind of 
get that fix, um, whether you're looking for a date or a hookup. So who knows? Um, but Taylor's not waiting very long. Um, what type of person would you like to see Taylor Swift end up with if you cared about Taylor Swift and relationships, which apparently you care about neither? <laughs> um, you know, I would really want her to be with someone who's like a nobody, like some barista that she went to like this cute coffee shop and like fell in love with him. I think she needs like she needs someone who's not an, a musician, not an actor, but just a nobody. I very much agree with that. I don't know about barista, but to each their own. <laughs> you know, like the barista, I have that idea. Like he's probably also an artist, you know, a tortured soul, but also makes great coffee. Okay, but I'm going to return this. Well, actually, I don't want to offend anyone, but like when I picture barista, I, I picture like someone 18 to 22 and Taylor is a 33-year-old woman. So I don't, I don't know if I necessarily want her. With I don't them. know. Yeah, what barista? I don't know what coffee shops I've been going to. But every time I go into Starbucks, it's always like teenagers and they're always no. like ready to go to high school. The coffee shops that I've been going to like are like they have like tattoos full of sleeves. They look like, you know, like a hipster. All right, I want to go to those coffee shops. Move to New York. Uh, one day soon. You never know. You never know. Um, but I agree with you with her dating someone that's not famous. Kind of the way that Ariana Grande is married to someone. You never hear about her relationship because... Yeah, I didn't even know she's married. She's been married for, I think, the better part of two or three years now. Oh. Um, and she had public, you know, relationships just like Taylor did. But the other thing that worries me is I don't know if, like, musician and musician works so well. Um, I think that can get a little bit dicey, especially if they're both going to be writing songs about each other, like <laughs> if they're both. Well, I mean, it's entertaining. I would like to see like their comeback songs or like one be talking about the other. And then I want their, 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 um, their other hit about them. So it's kind of interesting to hear, but you're right. I don't think a musician and a musician would work. Do you think, would you date someone in the same field of work that you do? <laughs> um, I never really thought about it. Um, Probably not, because, you know, I wouldn't want to just be talking about advertising and media plans <laughs> day and night. <laughs> I like, I like, you know, I, I talk enough about it during the day. So at night, I just really don't really care about like how much a sponsorship and the revenue that comes in with that as well. No, I agree. I think for me, I wouldn't want to date someone that's like heavily in entertainment either. My boyfriend now is a is a lawyer. Um, and sometimes I'm fascinated just to hear him talk about whatever he's, you know, talking about in the law, but other times I'm like, uh, I don't know what he's talking about. And then I go into a panic, but also <laughs> it would get exhausting if you're always talking about work and especially if you're in the same line of, of the work. So, um, I agree with you. Um, speaking of work, King Charles has a new official role now that he has been crowned. The coronation of King Charles was held this past weekend, and the internet is, of course, abuzz with memes of the event. Whether it was Prince Louis Yon's traditional outfits and crowns, or Katy Perry looking like a deer in the headlights, all eyes were on Prince Harry, of course, who did not get an official world coronation and was not seated with the rest of the family. He immediately headed back home to the United States before the festivities were over. Meanwhile, Meghan Markle... Meghan, I can't speak today. Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> Meghan Markle still managed to get press attention when she went for a hike wearing Princess Diana's bracelet. Did you watch any of the coronation? No. <laughs> I honestly didn't know it was on. But do you, do you live in New York or do you live in, you know, Antarctica at this point is what I have to ask. I knew, I knew, I knew it was happening in May. I just didn't know it was happening that day. 
is it the Saturday? Um, it was the whole weekend. I didn't watch it either because one, the time difference. Also, I don't really like. I just don't care. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I take it you don't care about many things. Is is what I'm getting. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you I care just, about like, me. Really, I, I don't know. I I honestly, it's because it's you know I I understand you know it's a, like a once in a lifetime thing that you would experience and see, um, but. I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm not really a big fan of Prince Charles or King Charles, shall I say. Um, and I'm just kind of tired of this whole drama between Prince Harry and the royal family. I'm just tired of it all. Well, I don't blame you. There's been, you know, a book about it, a Netflix docuseries about it. Um, Megan and Harry have really talked about it a lot. Um, but do you think Megan did the right thing by not attending? I don't agree with it. I think, you know, because her children's still part of that family. And they should be there in support of that. Um, but again, I also I also understand that she doesn't want to be part of that media attention. She doesn't want to get the backlash of being there. Um, but I feel like, you know, she should have just sucked it up and just gone with Harry. Yeah, I disagree with you. I think um, it, it was a lose-lose situation for her. So you might as well do what works for you. And if that means staying home, because either way, if she goes, they're going to be on her about something She'll steal the spotlight. They'll complain. There's going to be all this negative press tension. If she stays home, which she did, then they're going to say she's, you know, trying to break up the family, trying to get, you know, whatever they say about her. Clearly, she wasn't even there. And they're still talking about her wearing Princess Diana's bracelet. And the thing that that still fascinates me is she's not a very fascinating person to me. So No, absolutely not. But that just shows, like, the fact that she is a Black woman they cannot handle it over there. They simply cannot handle the fact that Prince Harry married a woman of a different race than him. I don't know if it has. It was, I mean, yes, I think race did play a big part of it. But I think, you know, even if he married another American woman who's not kind of like the royal mold, no matter what, they'll always be against that person. Um, you know, they're not, she's not a Kate Middleton. So if she, if he, let's say, married somebody else like, I don't know who else, like some, like an Angelina Jolie, it's still going to be a big thing and they won't like her and they won't accept her. I don't know. I mean, Kate Middleton got, got the acceptance though. And, and I, I do... she was boring. She's plain Jane. But I would argue Meghan Markle is also is boring great. also, but she, Kate Middleton, you know, accepted the being in the Royal mold. She accepted her duties and her responsibilities. Correct. I think Megan probably was unprepared for that. But I do think that racism plays a huge part in, in the victimization of Meghan Markle. Um, and I do think she did the right thing by staying home. And I also think Prince Harry did the right thing by leaving early, because that's the beauty of being an adult is you do what makes you happy and what works for you. And if you don't want to be there, then don't be there. But the fact that he did go, I think, is an olive branch as well to his family. I guess. I mean... I don't see how he'll repair that relationship anytime soon. True, but anything is possible. Um, I, regarding the coronation in general, like the tradition is nice, but I think it just looks so silly kind of looking at it from a modern lens. The last coronation was Queen Elizabeth, obviously, which was a very long time ago. And it just looks silly now. Like maybe in <laughs> black and white, like it would look better but like just seeing all these like costumes and stuff, it just yeah it's weird. it's a very dated thing it's just antiquated and you know do I really care seeing this no I mean I can I understand it back in the day when there used to be a huge empire but now it's 
what? Nothing. And also, you know, kind of remember, I just kind of remember Princess Di and like how this would have been if she was crowned queen. Oh, true. I mean, I'm sure she was on everyone's mind. Um, anywho, we have one more topic and we have about a minute to cover it. So, <laughs> so Yellowstone is over. The fifth season of the series, which stars Kevin Costner, will be its last, but a new sequel is in the works. Yellowstone, which tells the saga of the Duttons, a rich and rowdy ranching family in Montana, led by the patriarch John Dutton, is one of the biggest shows on television. The season five premiere last November brought in a total of more than 17 million viewers, which is sort of unheard of in today's landscape. The new sequel spinoff will premiere in December and will reportedly star Matthew McConaughey. Kara, you have a horse. This feels like a show you should watch. You watch it. It is. I do watch it. I love it. I love, love Yellowstone. I'm hooked. Who's your favorite character? Beth. Beth. Of course. (laughs) See, even you know. (laughs) Well, first of all, Beth is easily the best character. They give her such a great role. Um, She's so great. How do you feel about the show ending? Um, I think it's a good time for it to end. Um, I, it's just been, you know, there's only so many storylines they can do. Um, and I'm not, I'm not upset for it ending right now. Yeah, I agree. I think a, a fifth season is probably where most shows should end. Sometimes they go a little bit too far and you're right. This family has been through enough. It's like, what else can they do? Um, do you watch the spinoffs like 1883, 1923? <laughs> I do. I do. Are they great? Mm, not really, but they need to make that money. Well, yeah, they're spending $500 million on the whole Yellowstone franchise in general. I think this new series will probably be very... It'll feel like a season six of Yellowstone and probably have many of the characters, just not Kevin Costner, who has had creative issues with talent. But I will be watching, um, and hopefully they'll figure it out, because I know it airs on Paramount Network and then goes to Paramount Plus or goes to Peacock. It's a little bit all over the place, but I'm here for Yellowstone. And on that note, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. See, how do you feel? That wasn't bad at all, was it? Yeah, you popped my podcast cherry. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.